1: Welcome to Chilling with Ice with me, Lori Fetrick, or most of you know me as Ice from the American Gladiators. Thank you for joining me on this podcast where we're going to dive in and go behind the scenes on the number one hit iconic show of the 90s. It's time to get up close and personal on what drove us to be gladiators, what challenges we faced, and how we overcame to reach all of our goals. I know in this first season, inquiring minds want to know, was there drama, fights, hookups? Are we all still friends? What did we do in our personal lives and how are we staying in such good shape years later? Well, stay right here and let's get into Chilling with Ice. Before we dive into our incredible episode today, I want to let you know that this is a self-funded podcast and I would love your support. For the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you can donate to my Patreon page and that would make all the difference in the world. For the small donation, you will get back so much in rewards like you can watch all of my podcasts on video. I will have exclusive content like behind-the-scenes footage, a private Facebook group where you can interact with me directly and other VIP fans, a monthly Q&A, direct shout-outs and follows from me to you on your social media, and so much more. Find me on Patreon at Chillin with Ice, or click the link in the show notes now. Okay, let's dive in.
0: We are chilling with ice.
1: <laughs> hey Jeff, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. What's up, Lori?
1: Oh, it Where was awesome. You, um, you know, I've been in Canada for about a week, but I nice. um, came back. It was amazing. Yeah. Montreal was so much fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. Did you go see any hockey or anything?
1: Oh, it's it's not it's not hi- hockey season yet. Come no, it's on. not. No, it's not. Not know, not next month. Hockey. Not until next month. So, I've got a very special guest today. Yeah? Well, actually I had a very special guest today. Mm. And interesting enough, um, he couldn't make it right now.
0: Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. So
1: I've got the next best thing. What you got? Well, I've got this. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa!
0: Whoa! 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 This is um, this
1: is this is my this is my poster of the one and only Dan Clark Nitro. Mm -hmm. What would you think?
0: Um, I mean Would you put look, that in your room? I mean, um, probably more like my sister's room oh, than anything. But I That's think hot I actually, sexy. actually my he sister has that exact that. same poster in her room.
1: Look how tiny those little hips are in his chest I and his arms. I wonder if he still looks
0: the same. I don't know. I think I feel like he does. I know.
1: I think okay, so we could start the podcast. I could ask him a few questions, and yeah, I know exactly go. how he's gonna answer yeah. because of the fact that we've done so many interviews together, mm-hmm. podcast together. Yeah. So I would probably say, um Let's say, what is your favorite moment during Gladiator when you were Nitro, Mr. Dan Clark? And I'm going to say that he would go, hmm. Well, ice. (laughs) There was a time and a moment when I was on tour and then... Somebody came up to me and no, I can't
0: answer for I him. Really liked I, can't the, answer I really like the pants and uh, my hair was really great. Nice. This hair and straight. was awesome. Yeah, nice and straight. <laughs> and uh, you know, I never ate anything in my life. Uh, Whatever. Nothing Shut at all. up, Jeff. Yeah. Shut up, Jeff.
1: Wait a minute. I think <laughs> I, I, I hear somebody lot of, at the door. Hold oh, on. I think somebody's coming at the door. I think. Oh, 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 is who is it? No way. Who is this? <laughs> Okay, well, I have to admit, it, it's been <laughs> hanging in my bedroom on my wall oh, is,
0: ever since
1: gladiator days. It's <laughs> so cool. No, seriously, where, where
0: you, this was this in, was in my
1: bedroom. I've had this I'm in my understand. room. I'm, well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is fantastic. I, I totally love this. You know, I'm going to put it right back here. This will be like the alter ego. <laughs> exactly. This will be like the devil on my shoulder. <laughs> That is such a cool
1: poster. I love that poster.
0: Yeah, he's going to be like the little devil on my shoulder. God, that's hard to believe that. uh, How many years ago was that? that? Well, Ice, how many years have you been... I won't even say what you've been doing to that. I don't want to
1: say. I don't want to say. I don't want to say. So
0: if I remember correctly, that particular picture is probably, I think it's from an episode of Saved by the Bell with Mario Lopez, Mark Gosler, where I was like the, one of the girls, maybe Tiffany Amber Thiessen's dream guy. And uh, she had a poster, poster me, and then she actually got to meet me or something. That is so cool. I just, I'm just so amazed how that you actually, (laughs) actually have that. Well,
1: um, I have it. I have a secret, you know, obsession, kind of love, kind of fantasy for you. I have to admit,
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm blushing right now. <laughs> you should be blushing right now. <laughs> no, I'm blushing. Well, I, hey, look, I'm so happy to be here. You with know what? And I you I look am so, so great. So do you? No, you. I want. I, no, I'm being serious. You look fantastic. You're Thank you. are lean. Your skin looks great. Thank you. Your hair. Your muscularity. You do, you look. Um, oh, now
1: you got me blushing.
0: No, you look fantastic. Thank if, you. I know you have listeners who watch YouTube, and I know you have also have listeners who are just listeners. And if you're just listeners, go to YouTube and and check out Lori Ice Fetrick. Uh, she looks fantastic. She is definitely a pillar on you know strength training diet because I know you know it takes all of those things. And the one thing I always, when I first met you was that smile of yours. (laughs) No, I love that smile of yours. I can't even tell you, you know, uh, how many dreams have probably been dashed when they see that smile of yours and people thinking they could actually, because you smile at them like that, they think maybe, you know, yeah, no. You no, know, they can get you a, little know, a little something, something. A something, something more. But, but, but then you shut that down, but oh, that smile. On. You're
1: the same way, Dan. You have a beautiful smile, your charisma, everything you are. Yes, let's go on to Dan. Let's let us just do the <laughs> egos here for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have been through, if you think about it, so much history together. We have done the show. We have traveled internationally. We have went on a 126 city tour. We've done autograph signings. All over the United States, we have some serious history We've done and everything
0: stories. together, but one another.
1: Exactly, <laughs> you're right. I mean, we we had that kiss, that one moment.
0: That was we were being paid to kiss, uh, you know, on uh, the Ellen DeGeneres show. Yeah, but you tried uh, to kiss me kid. in
1: in England. Remember that? I have a photo. No, I have a photo. I, of wait, wait. It. Your Tro- tongue was like almost like just
0: millimeters from my tongue. I think it was. What was that movie? Um, <laughs> even though he's not in uh, favor right now, Will Smith and uh, the guy, called Hitch. 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 Remember, yes, yes. who was the actor in Hitch, the male actor, the other one?
1: Oh, God, I can't even remember. I know who you're talking about, though.
0: Who was the actor in Hitch? Kevin who? James? Kevin James. Okay, yes. So uh, uh, Will Smith was the cool guy who taught you know nerdy guys how to you know meet women. Mm-hmm. And Kevin James was a very success- successful executive, and he wanted to meet this supermodel, and Will Smith was teaching them how right. they have that one scene where they almost where oh, they, yeah. you got like, close your eyes let her always come to you let her come to you and then he goes to him and they kiss <laughs> exactly. and then he slaps him don't yeah. ever do that again yes that's how that moment of our of our, our kiss Aww. was i think it was just a dare it, it was kind dare. of a dare because we touched way. tongues did we i wouldn't forget oh come on now i wouldn't forget but no when so we
1: actually on a scale of one to ten how was i as a kisser
0: I thought, I think I talked about this before when we did the Ellen DeGeneres show, the sitcom, where the idea of the show was where Ellen had a crush on me me, and her and I were dating Mm. and I was also dating you at the same time. Yes, you are. Never been that lucky to, but uh, we were going- You've never been that
1: lucky to date two gay girls at the same time.
0: uh, Gosh, (laughs) my hands would be full. I wouldn't know what to do. They'd be full of you know what. Exactly. Johnson. (laughs) You bet. (laughs) I wouldn't know what to do because- now, anyway, so uh, Ellen uh, was infatuated with me. We were dating, but I was really secretly dating you. Uh, Ellen finds out. I break up with Ellen. She comes on the show to battle you. Mm-hmm. For me. Mm-hmm. And then when she comes backstage, you and I are co-mingling backstage at the Gladiator Show because she's now a contestant. You and I are co-mingling. And uh, she, we are making out when she walks in, all right? That was in the script.
1: Did you touch my tongue? Did we really make out? I think we did a little bit, didn't we? I,
0: I think I have the, click, the clip up somewhere. Maybe if not, I'll, I'll, we'll, put on, we uh, yeah. we'll put it up on Instagram. Yeah. We, we'll put we up on Instagram. We went in we, for... Yeah. We yeah. went in
1: for it, didn't
0: we? Well, it was it was interesting because I remember at that moment, you know, just being the shy young guy I was in Hollywood. Shy, young. And, um, okay,
1: wait, well, you were young. You weren't shy.
0: Inexperienced.
1: Wait, shy. hold on. There is no inexperience there either.
0: <laughs> and it, I saw it in the script. Yeah. I remember like it was yesterday. I was reading the words, Nitro and Ice are backstage. They are having an intimate moment and they kiss. Mm-hmm. And that night I didn't sleep. I was like, oh my God, Uh what do we do? Do we kiss the lips? Do we make out? What do we do? We just let
1: it naturally flow.
0: Yeah. And in that moment, I was just, you know, my heart was beating kind of hard, you know, because we didn't rehearse it. And, you know, you're sitting across from me and it just said on the white page, those words just blinking at me. They kiss (laughs) And I remember that You're moment. so fucking dramatic. It's I funny. I walk in and um, <laughs> you lean toward me, and uh, I leaned, and I met you halfway, and then our lips touched, and
1: He's I such felt a this,
0: storyteller. Uh, your mouth was open and accepting.
1: Oh my God! What are we writing a porn yeah. scene here? <laughs>
0: your mouth was opening and accepting, and uh, our lips touched, and I felt the warmth of your. Did your you mouth. feel a tingle between your legs? I haven't felt one of those in years. <laughs> <It> Remind me. <laughs> so I felt I felt your lips and mouth and I, I, I remember it was uh, it Can was, we get was, on it, with the podcast it, it for God's sake? Come on. This isn't the know, podcast? Exactly.
1: This uh, isn't well, the podcast. We're fantasy. not chilling with ice. This isn't the fantasy podcast.
0: Okay. <laughs> Although I will lose the voice. I so. bet you we
1: could actually do a fantasy podcast. Between oh, you and I. Yeah, we can Talk use- Talk like ca- eroticas.
0: Yeah, okay, does this voice work?
1: It does work. I, and you know, speaking of that slid voice- I my spandex. Speaking of that voice- They were
0: tighter than normal. Shut the fuck up, There was already.
1: oil. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> <laughs> we were on tour, and we always joked about, you're the king. No, you're the king. You're the king. Tell me how much fun we actually did, without complaining about some of the things on the tour, how much fun we actually had on that tour-
0: Well, first of all, I'm not a complainer. I know you're not. I'm not the guy who complains about, oh, gliders was so hard. Yeah, we had bumps, bruises, and broken bones. And, you know, sometimes we even spilled blood. But, you know, for me, it was always a glorious experience. So I wanted to say that first. Uh, The tour. So you take... 2,000 pounds of you know muscle and femininity and testosterone and you put it on a bus, you you tell these people they're going across America. My favorite line was always, I always said this to people, we had sex, we had drugs, we had groupies, uh, we had rock and roll, but we could kick the shit out of you.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and, and that's literally what we did. We went yeah. across America and we kicked the shit out of people. Yeah. And, and I, I don't mean that we physically beat down people but in, a, in the truest sense we got to go to each town across America and there's so many amazing towns and we got to go up against that town's best mm-hmm. the town's you know top female athlete the top male athlete who thought they had something in them who thought they could you know contend and face off against us who were you know the champions the Michael Jordans the Kobe Bryants Rip, rest in peace uh, in our field. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was such a great venue for people to do that and a great venue for us to see America.
1: So tell me about you though. Tell me about how you you felt like, I mean, think about it. We actually performed in front of anywhere from 20 all the way up to 90,000 people every night, just screaming our names
0: and- I I wasn't there when they had the 90,000 Wait, 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 no, no,
1: I'm sorry, not 90. Um, What does Madison hold?
0: Uh, I think it was 18,000 to 20,000.
1: Okay, so eighteen to 20,000 people a night. Okay, so some of the biggest stars out there actually don't even get to perform in front of those types of audiences to where it's like you run out, you feel that energy, you hear the music, it is like a little high, you know, it is kind of that, just that rush that we do every night, night after night. Yeah, we took nights off, but we did that for 126 cities. I mean, that had to, I mean, I see the smile on your face and the memories of that, and then the people we met, obviously, the girls, the guys, (laughs) you know, things like that. Um, I mean, that had to be something for you. I mean, you had to feel the same exact thing we all were feeling.
0: Well, I came from a football background. And, you know, I was used to the roar of the crowd. When uh, San Jose State, where I went to, my alma mater played Stanford, we had 74,000
1: Oh, there you go. Okay.
0: So I'd played in front of, you know, larger crowds, a little professional football as well. Um, But it was something otherworldly and spectacular to be at Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. Because that is the premier venue.
1: Well, not only that, football. I mean, they're cheering for the team. They were cheering for you individually when we were at Madison Square Gardens, when you ran out on the floor.
0: Well, in football, while I was an outside linebacker, when I went and sacked the quarterback, Mm -hmm. the crowd would cheer, and I felt that cheer was for me. Mm -hmm. So there was, it it was similar, but Madison Square Garden is the most famous arena in America. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a kid, I'd never thought I'd be in, you know, Madison Square Garden. Um, But in the, and, and, you know, walking out and, you know, hearing the roar of the crowd and then hearing Mike Adamley's voice, you know, the eternal, wonderful voice of Mike Adamley over the loudspeaker, you know, these are your American gladiators. Um, it was something that was special, but in a weird way, Lori, it wasn't something that felt unexpected.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I, I don't know why, but I've always had a tremendous amount of self-belief. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a belief that, um, if I worked hard, if I really focused on something that, you know, I could achieve it and it wasn't always that way. Right. Right. Cause you know, right. you know, as a little kid, you know, I was lost. Um, you know, I had an older brother who died in my arms when I was 10, he was 12 and I was always comfortable in his shadow. Because you know, he was the bigger one, he was the stronger one, he mm-hmm. was the handsome one, he was the athletic one. Mm-hmm. I was the pudgy little brother and you know, I, I was just comfortable. That's my big bro, and I didn't right. say much. And when he died, uh you know, I, I was really lost. Mm-hmm. And for me it was very at that age, um, twelve years old, I was very reactive. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, kind of swallowed my grief and and I got bigger and bigger the more I swallowed my grief and I didn't know how to process it. At that time in my life, you know, I had never had any success and I didn't think, you know, of anything. I was just trying to survive and trying to figure out, you know, as this little 12-year-old young man, what am I going to do with my life? And I fell into sports. And sport at sports I was I was shit. <laughs> I was no good. My older brother Randy, he was that I athlete. mean you
1: had to be pretty good to I mean, be on the rams. I mean after a while you had to train your ass off to get there. Right. So So what you're saying is you weren't a natural athlete? I, I you had to work maybe at it a little I had harder.
0: The, maybe I had the potential. Okay. But at 12 years old, I'd never been successful in my life in anything.
1: Is anybody, usually? Uh, yeah. 90% of, the, no. 90% of the population. No, there,
0: there's kids <laughs> who are good athletes at 12. You oh, can yeah. see it, you know, yeah. there, there's tons of kids. Um, I just, I, I wasn't one of those kids, you yeah. know, and it's, I don't want to cry me story, you yeah. know. But um, uh, the first time I got a compliment in my life that I can remember, I was 14 years old. hmm And it was on the football field. The coach slapped me on the back, said, Oh, Clark, after, you know, good job after I made a good play. And Laurie, that feeling right there filled me. It was like walking out onto the floor of Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. It it just filled me. It was this warmth, it was this glow, it was this validation that I did something right.
1: So, do you feel like you chased that a lot throughout your life then?
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I learned to chase the adoration and applause as a way of validation that I was something and that I could do something. And that becomes an addictive, uh, you know, cycle. You're you're, you're chasing, you're you're chasing fame. Yes. And it was, uh, it's interesting, you know, on gladiators, I think uh, for myself, I I had more fame than I ever thought I would have, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, had more success and probably more money. You know, even though I always knew I was going to make more and more money, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, because I became an optimist. And the, right. one, the one thing I want to point out is the way I changed my life besides the physical hard work, which I think most people know uh, is the path, right? You work hard. There's consistency. You repeat it over and over again. Right. Um, you do more work than others. You rise, you grind, and you outwork everyone. Mm-hmm. The one key to the kingdom of success was this whole idea of visualization, mm-hmm. of seeing things in my mind. You can
1: manifest it.
0: And manifesting yes. them. Yes. That was, Laurie, that was, the, that was the, the thing, that was the key that opened the kingdom to success. I met a hypnotherapist when I was 14 years old. I was going to say,
1: a lot of people don't know that. Or they try to and they can't achieve that. They but, just don't know how to manifest things in their mind.
0: Well, I think you visualize things in your mind and you make them sensorily aware. And I know it sounds, <laughs> it sounds too easy to be true, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I, I use affirmations all the time in my life. Every day I am healthy. I am successful. Abundance flows to me in my, I have love in my life. I have success in my life. I am young. I, you know, I, I am enough. Mm-hmm. This is an internal dialogue that's always going on in my head. You know, and you have to fight it. You have to fight for that. You have to fight for the right to do that and say that, because there are so many things in this world that if we take the wrong way, we can feel like the world is against us. Mm-hmm. But I never, I, I think the world isn't for us, against us. It's, it's, it's how, what what we digest and believe.
1: And let in. And the thing of it is, is whatever you've done to do this, you've been very successful in it. You've written two books. You've written Roy's Rage and Redemption, which we have right here. Grab it, grab fact. it. Though. Do a little promo. Here we go. We got this book right here. Amazing book, by the way. Now, what was, let, let's talk about this for a moment. And that is, what was your inspiration for writing that? I mean, did you just wake up one morning and go, you know, it's time to write a book? Hey, Nitro, hold that thought for a moment. With this busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for those jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kits, can help you fuel up fast with chef prepared dietitian dietician-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. They're fresh, they're never frozen, you're going to save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I know my favorite Factor meal is between mm, sun-dried tomato chicken and the roasted garlic braised beef. Oh my God, both are so delicious. So if you're looking for a calorie conscious option during the busy season, try the delicious calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. So head over to factormeals.com slash icebaby50 and use the code icebaby50 to get 50% off your meals. That's the code ICEBABY50 at factormeals.com slash ICEBABY50 to get your 50% off today. Don't wait. Go over there right now. You're going to love these meals.
0: No, I was scared <laughs> shitless about writing a book. I had this framework, Lori, that books were something smart people wrote. Mm-hmm. And I never saw myself as a smart. I saw myself as you know, charming, a hard worker, uh, a good athlete. Um, oh, my
1: God. We're so alike.
0: Right? <laughs> No, but I... No, it's
1: very true. I I hear you. I understand that.
0: All the attributes I gave to myself because the accolades I had were all for my physicality. Mm -hmm. But I was very insecure about my um, ability to write. So when I started, when I first moved to Los Angeles, uh, I started writing. And it it was a journey, Laurie, because I didn't know how to type. Because I grew up in a different generation where I said, when I was in high school, they said, hey, take typing. I said, no, I'm going to have a secretary. (laughs) Right. Literally, I did when I was a freshman. Exactly. And my freshman had these big old cojones where they said, take typing. And I was like, uh, why? I'm going to have a secretary and I'll just dictate to her. <laughs> Literally. Know? Literally, all through <laughs> all through high school. That's what I said. Th- I would never take typing. Uh, you know, college, same thing. Yes. And then um, I was 23 years old, living in Hollywood, chasing a dream. And I, I felt like I had these stories uh, that I wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And these are a lot of things... Um, That I wanted to try to process through depicting other people's lives and stories that I wasn't willing yet to talk about myself. Mm -hmm. So I could tell stories about other people. Right. And, um, but the only problem was when I wanted to start writing, I didn't know how to type. Uh oh. Yeah. So step one, (laughs) right, in my long process of writing this, uh, any book was to learn to type. Yeah. So I got this, there's an old program, I don't know if you remember, it's called Mavis Beacon Teaches Typing.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: So I was like, maybe I would sit there in front of my little Mac 140B computer and trying to type. I hated it. So I got, I think it was Pac-Man teaches typing. Oh my <laughs> and I was God. like, oh, Pac-Man. <laughs> so I, I taught myself to type, you know, yeah. 50 words a minute. That was the first step. Then I, yeah, at first I started writing screenplays and movies. So I went and took a bunch of seminars. I, I'm so curious and I'm a great student if I'm interested, mm-hmm. right? A lot of times people say, oh my God, you know, I wasn't good in school. or I have a kid who's not good in school. No. You just haven't found what they're interested in.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that a hundred percent.
0: So I, I, I started writing and writing and writing and, you know, making t- tons of mistakes, wrote a bunch of screenplays, sold about four or five, wrote, a, wrote and directed a movie. Uh, and then we had gladiators. And uh, after gladiators, I just felt like I wanted to tell, you know, my story. Yeah. Not so much the story of the American gliders because I think we but did your a, story absolutely. Yeah, we did a great yeah. job of that on Muscles of Mayhem, the docu yes, series. Exactly. We got to each tell a little bit of our story. You got to learn about the chronological chronology. You almost got it. Yeah. What is it? Chronologically. You want to learn about the the history?
1: There you go. <laughs> Change the damn word. <laughs> the history
0: and how the shit was made. We learned about how this shit was made. Gladiators. Hey, so you learned about the history of gladiators exactly. in the show. For for me, I want it was almost cathartic, and I was afraid, you know, a little afraid of it, but. Cathartic, and I wanted to help process the things in my life and process the experience of, you know, fame and mm. and uh, what happens when the applause stops and how do we find ourselves. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I wrote this book, Gladiator, and we had a big agency take it out. and mm-hmm. uh, This was 2000, I think, in eight, and nobody bought it. Okay. And, and, and nobody was asking for it. Right. Right, and, and you know, I... Th- and, and I was like, okay, you know, I thought someone would want this. It wasn't relevant. And then all of a sudden, about a year later, the revamped Gladiators came out with mm-hmm. Michael Hearn and, and Jennifer and Jenna right. Witterstrom and uh, the rest of the guys. And all of a sudden, that idea that was stupid that nobody wanted was all of a sudden the best idea in the world. Perfect. So all, all Perfect of a sudden timing. people were-
1: It's timing. Everything yes. is timing.
0: Yeah. My, my mother used to always say, uh, delayed does not mean denied. Correct. And I've taken that to heart just because you... No
1: means not now. Ah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Delay does not mean deny. No means not now. And and I was like, oh, and all of a sudden this book, Gladiator, it was, it was a great idea. Yeah. And there was a bidding war between different publishers. And uh, they just, they, they said to me, they said, hey, do you want a ghostwriter? Mm-hmm. And I said, how much is the ghostwriter take? Like, thank God. No, they said, how much, I said, how much does a ghostwriter take? Mm-hmm. And I'd written 15 movies by this time. And they right. and they say 50%. And I'm Ooh. like, I'm like, what?
1: Wow. That's a lot.
0: Y- yeah. And I said, wait, I mean, 50% of my money or yeah. you guys give them more of my advance on the book. And they were, they were like 50% of what we're paying you. And I was like, whoa. And then I, I said, you know what, Dan, you've been writing, you can do this. And I wrote, um, three sample chapters for them. Mm-hmm. And they came back and they said, This is fantastic. Perfect. You write the book. That's awesome. And I was so terribly insecure about it again, because I had the frameworks, you know, books or something that smart people. You know what's so
1: damn cute about you right now? As you're talking and you do this, you kind of look down. It's like, I see this little kid in you when you say, I was so insecure about this. And it's so fucking cute. I'm sorry. It is really (laughs) cute. I mean with all seriousness Dan you have done so much and I'm so proud of what you've done you've written a book you've you've done um, gladiator rock and Run uh, you had your own podcast very successful podcast you're the EP executive producer of muscles and mayhem I mean how do you how do you process and feel about all of this that you've done what do you I guess, what's the next journey for you?
0: Well, uh, let me unpack that for you. Uh, you're very, very kind, you know, to say these nice things. It's probably because I'm just, probably because I'm sitting here. <laughs> when I'm not in the room, exactly. what now, when she the say? Cam- <laughs> when the cameras
1: aren't on, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you know,
0: I don't feel like I've done anything in my life. Interesting. I look at my life and I say, you know, what oh, What a hack.
1: No. Nah.
0: You know, and I say, oh, Okay people know you from the show years ago. Um, Oh, you've written two books. There's guys who've written 30 books, you know, you, uh, sold muscles and mayhem to Netflix, came up with an idea, you know, helped co-produce it. I feel like, Oh, guys have people do 20 or 30 shows. You know, It, it doesn't feel like much to me. Um, yeah. So it's, I, 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 it just doesn't. And, you know, it was interesting. I was talking to one of my friend's daughters and she wanted to interview me for something, you know, you know, a few years back. Mm-hmm. And I just said, why do you want to interview me? You know? And she's just like, oh, I'm doing this thing for my school. And she says, you know, you're one of the most accomplished people I know. And I'm like, really me? You know, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's so many mountains left to climb now. I, I I'm not bitter. Mm-hmm. I don't have resentment in my resentment in my heart. I just don't judge my whole entire life about the amount of work I've done, and that was one of the you know biggest changes of you know the transformation of a human being. We're only being valued by the work that you put into the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a father. I'm a brother. I'm a I'm a stepfather. I'm a great partner. I'm an excellent friend. I'm I'm a kind, good-hearted person, and those are the things that I can control. And that I, I value, I think now, um, you know, does that make sense? No,
1: it makes complete sense. I understand exactly where you're coming from.
0: And I don't know if I'm just waxing poetically or, or, or but at the same
1: time, you successes, successes, whatever you believe successes in your heart, obviously, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's, everybody's success is so different in so many areas. um, Yes, a lot of people look at you as you are very successful. you've done very well now is that is how is that measured by you that's only that's only you. you can only do that, yeah. but when people are on the outside looking in Mr nitro, okay, you have accomplished a lot yeah.
0: you know? isn't, that, isn't that funny though you know i I see you know people say like who's your heroes and I really don't have any heroes. Oh my God,
1: thank you. I've been asked that question and I always feel like I'm the only one who doesn't.
0: Yeah, because I, I, you only see that public portrait of that person. Mm-hmm. You don't know who they are behind closed doors. Absolutely you don't know who not. they are to their kids. Right. You don't know what kind of friend they are, what kind of human being they are. Uh, unless you can know intimate, someone intimately, mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for you to idolize them because there's that saying, never meet your heroes, you'll always be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And what I really think that means is not like, oh, you go ask for someone's autograph, they say no and they're a jerk to you. Uh, don't meet your heroes because the hero, the idea of a hero is, I think, mythological, I, right? I it's agree. someone larger than life that yes. has no flaws and yeah. we build them up to be this, da, da, save the day kind of guy. Yeah. And um, um, I, I've just seen too many successful people that are broken inside mm-hmm. that aren't good human beings even mm-hmm. though they have the outward success. Right. Um, yeah, so and it's interesting, you know, and mm-hmm. I think in this latest incarnation with Muscles and Mayhem on Netflix, people, you know, come and saying, you know, "Oh, Laura, you're my hero. I grew up. I name my yeah, this so and it's just um and I want to be
1: different."
0: Yeah, and and I want to be everything to them.
1: Yeah. I I think um I, I personally haven't heard the hero part yet, um, but uh, I'm
0: kidding. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> she, I've heard a lot of the inspiration. I mean, and I do completely understand that.
0: You think that's more of a, a masculine thing that guys say hero versus girls? Maybe. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because I don't hear it from the women. Yeah. I hear inspiration. You were my inspiration. You gave me the strength. The, um, the, the okay to be strong and to be powerful and to stand up for who I am and, and allow me to be authentic, you know, just by watching in who you are because you're authentic and who you are, you know, and, and you're right though. Interesting enough, because they don't know me as a person they see the persona
0: we're getting to know you now
1: yes you're you know, through, through to chilling know me with now.
0: ice i think america and the world is getting to know you now and yes. i think they like what they see i mean you know the podcast is doing great and you're getting new new listeners every month and you do yes. such a good job here thank you yeah and
1: yeah. It, it's fun and i'm enjoying it you know and i think that really it does come across when you enjoy what you do then obviously it's going to come across And interesting enough, out of everything that you and I have done together, we have never, ever sat like this and talked. Alone. Alone. Think about it. Well, we're really not alone. There's a dude over (laughs) there watching
0: us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Listen to everything we're saying. You know exactly what I'm talking about, though. You know, we've had, we've done our different podcasts, you know, together on other people's podcasts and things like that. But we've never got to ask each other, like, certain questions and just... You know, conversed about gladiators in our lives, you know, I mean, because when we're together, we're either on a plane, a train, and a car, whatever it may be, and we have like 10 to 15 minutes and we're just shooting the shit with each other. You know, it's nothing like, so, how was your experience with gladiators? But um, I do want to get into a few things because I do know a lot of the listeners want to know these little things that we have done. And it's entertaining to them. And so we're going to go there just for a moment, okay?
0: Sure. What's exciting, though, is coming up is we're going to New York, you and I.
1: Yes. New and York, I was going to bring that New up. New
0: York Comic Con. I'm so excited yes. to uh, be taking a trip and going out and uh, you know meeting the gladiators. People have supported gladiators over this sh- uh, coming October. It's New York.
1: October. We will be there October 13th, that weekend, as a matter of fact. It's um, Friday, Saturday, we'll be there. And it, I believe it's the 13th, 14th. I might be, it might be 12th or 13th, whatever. But I guess 300,000 people walk through this Comic-Con. It's going to be exciting. And it's the first time that we've actually, there's four of us. So you, myself, Laser, and Zap. It's the first time we've been together in 35 years signing autographs. So that's going to be awesome no, and exciting. Uh,
0: I, 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 we Where? went to New York together for that birthday party for the, oh, the billionaire yeah. financier guy. But that
1: was still like 20. But it wasn't It wasn't like a Comic-Con is what I'm trying to say. Oh, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. is. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, def- definitely. So no, I'm looking I look at That's yeah.
1: gonna be a lot of fun.
0: I hope so. I'm a little nervous. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little nervous. That's be I'm a little, I, feel, I feel a little anxious about it.
1: So tell me the most exciting place you actually got to travel while being on Gladiators. Japan. Everybody says that. Damn, I missed that trip.
0: Well, for me it was more of a homecoming. I'm half Japanese. I was born in Japan. My mom, Kazuko Takashima, is Japanese, and so it was a little bit of a homecoming for me. You know, one of the things That I wish uh, the directors would have kept in Muscles and Mayhem was, you know, there was this whole storyline about... Um, which they show part of about being Asian and being embarrassed, embarrassed, embarrassed to be Asian when I was young because I lived in Orange County, a predominantly white area, and kids used to tease me, you know, r- zipper head, all these little things that kids do. And uh, I, I remember when I got to high school, I started lying and saying that I was Hawaiian instead of Asian because I hated being teased because-
1: Was Hawaiian more accepted?
0: Oh, the Hawaiian surfer dude was definitely accepted oh, okay. in Orange County, you know? Okay, yeah, dude, yeah. are you Hawaiian? I grew my hair out, you know? and like, you were yo, so bro. Yeah, you're so cool. <laughs> (laughs) cool. And I, you know, got a surfboard and, you know, went surfing. Even when I first moved to Hollywood, I told people I was American Indian. I am like 132nd on my father's side. Okay. But I actually did roles as an American Indian.
1: That's so cute.
0: It wasn't, it took me a long time to, you know, accept my, uh, being part Japanese. It made my mid twenties Mm -hmm. and it always really hurt my mother. That I was a little embarrassed of my culture, but you have to understand my father. My father was a Marine. That's how we met my mother mm-hmm. in Japan on a base. We come back here when I'm two years old to America. And, and my mom wanted to teach us Japanese because she barely spoke English. And he was like, we don't speak that shit in my house. Oh, damn, We're Americans. We speak, we speak American. That was my dad, you know, and, and, um, so we didn't learn Japanese and it was something that it was, you know, kind of, we didn't really talk about much. I didn't get a lot of that heritage. And and, and like I said, I know it hurt my mom that I was kind of lied about it. So when the gladiators went to Japan, I remember I set one goal Mm -hmm. and that goal was to go on to Japanese TV in front of a Japanese gladiator audience and introduce myself in Japanese so I got a tutor for a year and a half That's and I studied awesome. Japanese and uh, I remember, you know, going out there and speaking Japanese to the audience. And I had only seen my mother cry twice because mm-hmm. she's Japanese and you, you hold back your emotions. It's, it's not a very emotional culture. And I saw her cry once when, you know, my older brother died. Right. The second time I saw her cry, Lori, was when she watched me on TV Aww. speaking Japanese.
1: That is so cute. That's so touching.
0: She was sitting there, just tears streaming down her, you know, her just so face. Proud of you. So proud, you know, so proud of me that I was finally proud of our culture. Yeah. And that was a moment I really fought with uh, directors to keep in that end of that story,
1: and they didn't. So
0: it came. Uh, Why? You, oh, we, you know, for pacing, we have to give equal time to everybody. And towards the end, you know, we already hear from these people, and you say something in the very end, so it wouldn't really work in the very end. I was like, uh. guys, you're missing a moment. to speak up for all the people who have been embarrassed or been uh, uh, maligned for being different. Not Mm -hmm. only by the way they look, by their sexual choice, by their politics, by whatever. There's a whole group of people who need to hear that story. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole group of people who would emotionally align with finally making their mother or father proud yes and and there's no much as i battered the you know horn i i I, they had the final say and i'm really you know but you know i'm glad that you've given me a platform to tell that story so thank you ice i'm so glad we're chilling does everyone say that (laughs) no (laughs) hey i'm so glad we're chilling i'm so
1: glad we're just sitting here chilling yeah, that was a great. That was yeah. I I was really surprised at a lot of things that fell on the floor like that. But absolutely, I'm glad that you could tell that story on the chilling with ice. Chilling with ice. So tell me about some of the best parties you've ever been to during Gladiator time.
0: Oh boy, parties. Oh
1: yeah. I've kind come of blocked those out of block my mind. People want to know. Well,
0: well it's, it's 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 like if you've ever had an addiction, mm-hmm. when you start to glamorize that 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 part like you know cocaine.
1: I was I've yeah. done it. I've been yeah. there. I was down that road.
0: Back Did you know my dad was a cocaine dealer? Did you know that through high school? My uh, my dad had a business which was kind of a front, but he dealt drugs.
1: Was it a big cocaine dealership or was it like the neighborhood guy? He was cocaine? a neighborhood guy. Okay, well, I kind of did that when I was in my 20s. <laughs>
0: Did you get your shit from my dad? Probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it wasn't a big deal. It was just little stupid stuff, you know. Were you but doing your own product? Yes, and that was the problem. <laughs> so that's when
0: I had to stop. <laughs> that's a lot. That, that was my father's problem. <laughs> yeah, three rehabs or two rehabs later. Yeah, no, I,
1: I, I'm not. I don't have an addictive personality. So whenever I need to stop something, I can stop something. I literally smoked cigarettes from the time I was 15 all the way up to 40. And all of a sudden on my 40th birthday, I just went, I'm done. And I just quit.
0: That's why you're ice. (laughs) So what what, what do you uh, attribute that to? That's tremendous willpower. People just don't stop smoking.
1: Um, mind over matter. You got to play a lot of mind games. you got to be like, I, I, in the morning, my big thing was having a cigarette with my coffee. And so it is, it's ridiculous games. I would play with myself and I'd be like, okay, just let's, let's pretend.
0: God, I feel like such a little kid play with myself.
1: Exactly. Um, let's just pretend you had a cigarette already and you're just going on with your morning. Now I would literally pretend with myself that I already smoked one. And yes, the nicotine is very addictive. And so it was a constant day-to-day-to-day, minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour kind of thing to where I had to get through and I had to keep very busy. So I had to keep my mind occupied. Um, I didn't uh, I didn't eat. You know, a lot of people go to eating and things like that. I didn't do that. Um, maybe I might've had a sucker in my mouth because it is, it's kind of like an oral fixation and I know I have that. Mm. So, but it is, it, it's such a mental mind. So yeah, I have a very strong mind.
0: Yeah. That, so even when it came but to But you've drugs, always been an entrepreneur too though. Yes, yeah, so I've you've always been, been an entrepreneur. I remember you had a, a tanning booth. You had a tanning, oh my God, are a are you gonna go down that road? Tan, how many a things tanning, I had? Uh, a tanning store, tanning shop in there's Studio ta- City. was a tanning Salon. So that's what it's called. Tanning yes. shop, tanning store, tanning booth. Yeah, you had a tanning yes. booth. People tanning come in salon. your backyard. Come get the tanning booth. No, <laughs> it's a tanning salon, which is so much more official. No, it was, I was always envious. Oh, God, that Lori, she's so entrepreneurial. Because it was in Studio City, California, which is right down the street from mm-hmm. Universal Studios. It was in a great strip center. And I was just like, wow, she's cool. She knows how to do business. You know
1: how to do business. She
0: know business. And then you opened a gym. And then you had a couple other things. So, yeah, and, you know, real estate agents. So, you, you know, you're very, very entrepreneurial entrepreneurial. And I really, um, I really think that's cool.
1: Thank you. And and you
0: have a strong mind. You just stop smoking. Bang.
1: Okay. So let's get back to your father being a cocaine dealer. That's interesting.
0: (laughs) So I I was in high school and my dad became the neighborhood cocaine dealer. And I was, you know, 15 years old and he's like, go down to the corner give this guy this bag because you don't want, you know, people coming to the house. Go to the park. Give this guy this half gram. You know, oh, they're coming here. So I was, um, as a, a minor, I was dealing drugs <laughs> yes, indirectly with my father. You were, you were the father. mule. I was <laughs> the mule. mule. <laughs> I was the mule at 14 or There's a movie here. Yes, <laughs> I was exactly. a mule, Orange County, 70s, 80s, young family, multi-ethnic, You're dealing right in the drugs. Script right now. <laughs> um, dealing drugs. Yeah, it, it, so, it, you know, when you start, feeding the, the, the fire, the flames the of uh, the, of the beast. You know, I remember hearing Mike Tyson on some interview and he says, I don't think about fighting. I don't even talk about it. I don't think about it. I don't want to do anything because I don't want to wake up that guy interesting you know and you start talking about all the parties and all that stuff i have a good life i got a great partner i got a wonderful stepson who's 12 i've got a great kid who's in portugal i i, I just don't want to wake up that beast <laughs> i don't want to wake up that thing would
1: it be that easy to wake up that beast
0: probably not because i'm old now and nobody easy. wants me
1: oh <laughs> everybody wants you <laughs> no
0: no i i'm just saying you know it's yeah. um uh, yeah, I live in suburbia now, um, which was which was, in, which was purposeful, you know, which was intentional. I, you know, I lived in the Hollywood Hills for a long time. I was just in that thing, right. you know, and uh, I, I just I had to change my environment. Yes. So my strength yes. isn't so much in willpower like yours is. Mm-hmm. My strength is like, look, if I know I want to go on a diet and I want to eat more healthier for my body, I'm not the kind of guy who can have a pack of cookies on the counter. Right. I'm the guy who has to throw them away.
1: Okay. I have to do that too, though. Okay. I have willpower in certain areas, but I do. I have to throw the, co- or I have to have them hidden from me.
0: Yeah. I'm the same way. <laughs> I don't, don't let me see these. Exactly. I'll beat you. So
1: like your your <laughs> son, yeah, like same April's son will have, you know, they'll go shopping when he's here for the summertime and they'll buy all this shit and it's all in the cupboards. And I'm like, Really? You know, I'm like, and then all of a sudden I realize they start hiding it and I start laughing about it because I'll find it, you know, like six months down the road and they'll be like, oh, we forgot we put them there.
0: No, that's, <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm the same way. I don't, I throw it away. Yeah. I, my, my willpower and my wisdom and my strength is not to have those things in my eyesight. Well, they've, you know, they've done research and studies where we only have a certain amount of willpower. hmm. And then that every decision that we have to make every time we have to say no, our willpower, like the like the phone battery, it diminishes. Mm -hmm. So towards the end of the day, when your willpower is diminished, like your phone battery is, that's when you make the bad choices. And And especially yeah, if it's within hand's reach. So my my wisdom is not to put myself into those situations, you know, like an alcoholic. You know, if you're an alcoholic, which I'm not, you don't go into a bar. Right. Right. So when you start to try to wake up that beast and talk about these things, I'm, I'm a little afraid. All right, we're going
1: we're gonna to pass up. but we're going we're gonna to pass no, on the parties. Just ask me again. Here we go. Just ask you again. Ask me again. <laughs> so Dan, what was the best party you ever went to?
0: Okay. I'll tell you one. There was a guy named Marvin Davis. Okay. So Marvin Davis was this oil tycoon from Texas. And like a lot of tycoons, this is back in the 70s or 80s, 90s, what they wanted to do, this is before big tech, okay. they wanted to own a piece of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So they would buy studios, they would invest in studios. So he bought 20th Century Fox, mm-hmm. oil tycoon Marvin Davis, a lovely man, lovely wife uh, who's still around, lovely daughter. Uh, they started this whole ju- juvenile diabetes thing. But anyway, I do progress. So he used to have these parties at his house. And he was well known for bringing celebrities in. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of a friend who asked me to come. I went to a couple of them. I went to the biggest party. A lot of these names, um, you, you have to be a little older to recognize. <laughs> but the talent yeah. at a house party was Tony Bennett. Okay. You know, Tony, he just just passed away. Yes, I'm I'm that old. I'm on the (laughs) dance floor. There was a guy named, you know, Lee Iacocca dancing next to me. He Mm -hmm. was the guy who, you know, ran, I think, GM or Chrysler. Uh, Don Rickles, a famous old comedian, was like, you know, doing stand up. Uh, Our friend, uh, the football player from Oakland Raiders, Bob Golick. Bob Golick. He's at every party. Yeah, there are tons of guys. But most impressive um, that night, there were three presidents. Oh. It was Ford. Mm -hmm. Someone introduced me to Ford standing next to him was president Carter, Mm. which was both like, wow. And the last president I met who was at this party was as, as I was leaving and and I was about to walk out and I hear this voice call me, said, "Uh, Hey, Dan, Dan, you got a minute. And I look over and it's Merv Griffin. (laughs) So cool. Uh, Yeah. I knew his son, Tony Griffin. Uh, You know, we're, we're good friends back in the day. And he says, Hey, there's somebody I want you to meet. And I turn around. I'm like, who? And he looks over and he goes, um, meet president Reagan. And he says, he said, uh, uh, Mr. President, um, this is, you know, the the guy from the American Gladiators, Dan. And Ronald's like, hello, sir. Uh, You're really nice to meet you. I'm, you know, Ronald Reagan. And I shook Ronald Reagan's hand. (laughs) And that was probably the most like influential party with it would be similar to having Zuckerberg, you know, yeah. uh, Obama and Trump, and um, for all the
1: young ones out there listening, <laughs> yeah,
0: it'd, it'd be like having them uh, and uh, Elon Musk all in the same room yeah. with uh, Pitbull and you know Beyonce That's singing. That's a party. Yeah, it, it would be it would be like that, and it was just you just walking around meeting these people, and your fame it it gives you access. Yes it gives you access. So that was probably yeah, you know, that was that that's the one that just I, I, I can't forget. Thank you for
1: answering that question. Do yeah. you feel like you want to go do a line now?
0: <laughs> no, no. I haven't done that shit <laughs> totally for Totally joking. No, I've not done that shit for a no. at least a week.
1: So, I noticed, you, you okay. You get the joke. <laughs> yeah, I I got you. <laughs> no, I haven't done that you. shit in years. I haven't done that. So, between you and I, I mean, I think that we fared pretty damn well without having serious injuries on this show. Do you have anything that today, <laughs> <laughs> I know I do, that you got injured on the show that you just went, damn. I mean, what did you, what kind of injuries did you have? Cause I don't, I've never, I don't believe that I never heard you say you had any.
0: Yeah, I'm not a complainer.
1: Okay, what, what happened? Did you have any?
0: Look, let's take people back to the time. Okay. You know, the time was, you know, 1989, 1990. Right. You know, we we're both in our 20s. Yes, yeah. late 20s.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Early so, 20s? You want no, not, not,
0: not to go no. early? Yeah, no, 1989. Yeah. Um, tw- I'm 25 years old. Okay. Uh, When the show started. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just got done playing football like seven, eight, nine months ago. I was running out of money. I had moved up here to Hollywood to work on a show called First and Ten with Laser. because mm-hmm. we played football together with the, for the Rams briefly. And, uh, you know, at that time, if you would have said to me, you know, here's 250 bucks. You see that guy over there? His name is Mike Tyson. Go fight him. I would have said that guy and I would have fought him for 250 bucks. Exactly. I, you know, I would have done it. You know, I was yeah. young. I was um, you know, uh, hungry. So gladiators, it was just it was a job, and so you say to me, twenty four years old, hey, you're going to be on this TV show, you're going to go and get to kick people's asses, do athletic competitions, you know, be seen in front of the world. Uh, Sign me up. And coming from a football background, it's just part of the game. Yeah, you know when you strap on your football helmet. You you strap up those cleats. You walk out in the field. I never
1: had a strap-on football helmet.
0: (laughs) But you know, when you strap anything on, (laughs) there's a possibility somebody somebody could get hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. And, um, you know, look, I herniated discs. I did other things, but it was just all part of the, the agreement now. Do I wish they would have been a in hindsight? You know, looking back with the eyes I have now through the lens of today, do I wish there were some more safety precautions? Yeah, yeah, but there weren't. Yeah, there weren't. So what?
1: So you do a lot of ice um, ice baths. Does that help you with your the inflammation and any type of injuries, the herniated discs? The ice baths that you do today, and how often do you do them?
0: So I have a, a, a wonderful. Th- I have the cold plunge. It's a it's a tub. That sits in the side of my house, mm-hmm. and it is literally the size of a bathtub. It has a little refrigerator that keeps the water cool. I keep it at forty nine to fifty degrees. Uh, and I get in it, you know the the protocol changes. Mm-hmm. But the idea is it reduces inflammation, the idea is it releases uh, norepinephrine. Uh, which can help relieve stress. So, you know, throughout the day we're stressed Our this is going to put people to sleep. Our sympathetic nervous system kicks off. Our body makes too much cortisol. We get anxious anxiety. You go in and it also stresses the body. But when you put your body under stress on the flip side, Mm -hmm. the other hormones, the parasympathetic nervous system releases the relaxation hormones, the dopamine. So it's also good for mental stress. Um, they've also found out that cold baths, ice baths, they speed up your metabolism and stimulate something called brown adipose tissue, which mm-hmm. we could say BAT for short, which just like stokes this fuel of fire in you for hours and hours, more than most exercise can do by your body's process of heating it up over and over again. So there's a couple of different protocols. One is for inflammation and that's mm-hmm. usually 10 to 12 minutes, but I only put the things in like from, from breast chest down. Okay. But if I'm going to stimulate the bat to stimulate the uh, release of the good hormones, then I go all the way in mm-hmm. uh, for like three to five minutes.
1: Okay, gotcha. And
0: it's I think it's what keeps me going. I think I've really, been really doing do. it forever. Yeah, I've had. i again the cold plunge. I thought it was the best product on the market. By about two years, I've had it. Okay, I used to do the old thing where I get yeah. a big, big tub yeah. and I go buy like forty pounds of ice and, and put it ice in
1: and lay like, out. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. said, "Oh wait,
0: there, wait, there's one that's affordable." And I right. went and found it on the online, bought it, and it's been, you know, fantastic for recovery. There's a lot of science on it. Uh, if you look up Wim Hof, he's one of the pioneers, but you can also look up a lot of the different science on it. Right, um, and, and find. I, I th- still
1: have to come over and do this. I've yet, I've yet to do one.
0: Yeah. It's funny. My, my, uh, Kim, my significant other, she just, you know, she just like, no, and I can show her all the benefits, but you know, she she just tried
1: at least once
0: she's got, when her friends come over and and they start drinking in the afternoon, like (laughs) once or twice, like at the summer parties, 104 degrees out, then she'll go in, but just on her own. Like the other day she was talking about this, this, and this, I said, try the cold, cold but she, but she won't, she won't do it. But, uh, I I love it. And I think it's, um, I think it's here to stay as a, as a anti-aging protocol.
1: And there's so many of them. And by the way, thank you so much for turning me on to Stephanie. Stephanie is uh, our anti-aging doctor.
0: At Novus in Studio City.
1: Absolutely love her. Give her a plug here. I have turned her on to so many people. It's insane, you know. But I know that we, God, we could sit here and talk for hours. Um, I know. It's been that quick. Exactly, wow. right. I
0: feel like there's a couple things about gladiators maybe that people want to hear about that we haven't talked about. Go. no, I don't know is there's is there... there's so much well, it's, that's it's, what I'm
1: saying. It's like they want to know like you know how how was our international travel together? How do we like that? um I mean, really, was it the family on the tour bus that everybody sees? you oh, know
0: God, no <laughs> Come on. You know, that's, you know, what, what was so interesting about, you know, the muscles and mayhem was everyone's like, oh my God, you guys all got along so well. Right? It was like a big family and that's how they portrayed it. And yeah looking back again, through the lens of today, you can say we were all part of something. We were. You know, and we're yeah. all part of something special. Mm-hmm. And that stays with me. But during that time, I remember, I, you know, you you got into beefs with a lot of your coworkers. Yeah,
1: well, you we were with each other twenty four seven. You cannot not get into those beefs.
0: I, I think on the you tour, get on each other's th- nerves. Well, a but the two other girls like got out of control. Their, their egos. I'm not. I don't remember which ones, but I remember that the girls' egos were like out of control. And I remember the guys were talking like, "Look at the, look at them." It's like you guys would get out of the bus and like, bill up take my bag. Oh, that's
1: such bullshit. <laughs> we were, okay. That wasn't me though. That we was me. I don't know who me. it was. We
0: were like, oh my God, look I at these I don't know girls. who that was. Like, You're but... like, oh, I need service. I need service. How come my food is cold? <laughs> what? What? This room? I cannot stay in this room. No, no, no. That was so You guys became such, me. well, whoever it was, I remember, yeah. I just, I don't remember exactly who, but the girls became such divas and, you know, my best, best bud and who I, chummed a lot around with was a uh, Gemini, Mike Horton. Right. Uh, and he was, you know, older than us. Yeah. Um, he was kind of like the, the patron. Yeah. Uh, the pa- What's the word?
1: Father figure. The us just go figure. there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I, well, I keep hearing I was on something. They're talking about the patriarchal society. And, you know, and mm-hmm. I was just like, what? You know, I'm just, my brain is like slow and, and, and old. And so, You're yeah, yeah he was like the father figure. That's yeah, a good word. Exactly. And, and he, you know, we just like kind of, you know, mellow and, and um, yeah, I just, I do remember that. But, you know, look, late nights drinking, I remember me and there's a guy who came on the tour that wasn't a gladiator at the time. I think his name was Viper, Chuck. Chuck. And we said like, you know what? our goal is to drink a bottle of tequila in every town.
1: Oh my God. Like a bottle of Patron, right? And we yes. tried to
0: every, like if we, we, we lasted like two or three yeah. nights um, on that bottle of Patron. So it was- um, Did you
1: not wake up with a hangover on that? I God, in those like days. Ins-
0: oh. now, now I sniff alcohol oh. and I got a headache.
1: That's terrible. Yeah, but I'm not a quitter.
0: I'm going to keep drinking. There you go. Keep going.
1: <laughs> but okay, so another thing people want to know is how was your transition going into a comedy? I'm hater? still a
0: man. <laughs> I'm not transitioning. <laughs> Thank I'm very God. happy. Thank I, God.
1: What was your transition like going into being a commentator for the show? I've had a lot of people ask me, like, ask him that. How did how did he like doing that and and watching the other gladiators perform? And, you know, did he miss it? So there we go. I mean, they want to know these things.
0: So for me, when we left over the salary merchandise dispute, mm-hmm. um, I was steadfast that I wasn't coming back. Right. I'm not coming back. We all fought. We all stood for something. Yes. And if I come back now, what does that say? But I think every person has their limit. Ray Zap went running back that next day.
1: Was like, it that I think it was five minutes yeah, later, I'm like, actually. We're fired.
0: Hello. <laughs> can I can I can I come back, please? She came back.
1: Exactly. Right? And, I was like, damn, wait a minute. I didn't even, you know, it's like, did, who, when did you make that phone call? Did you make the phone call before? After yeah, right, she was right. there like that? Yeah,
0: right. She, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And, and, you know, Gemini Mike being a little bit older, you know, yeah. being the father figure is like, I'm done. He was done. I'm not gonna be treated. This is too much like football. I'm, I'm just done. And yeah. I'm going to go do other things. Um, for me, I needed a reason and they asked me to come back. I would no, 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 no. Um, then finally they said, come back for one year as Nitro, mm-hmm. which I know, look, I love playing Nitro, right? You were so good at it. But didn't it. you love playing Ice? I
1: loved playing
0: Ice. I mean, I love putting on those little tidy whities you know, and and running out there and being in front of the audience that, you know, came to, you know, respect you and adore you and then going against competitors who I felt like I deserved yes. to give, you know, them everything. But I do know that back uh, on that last year I came back as, as Nitro, like, I just wasn't as serious, like, as a competitor. Yeah. I I felt like I was more portraying Nitro instead of being Nitro, if that makes sense.
1: 100%. 100%. Yeah, I was just kind of playing
0: that character a little bit more. When I was younger, I was angry and volatile, and it was, you know. you were that character. This is, I need to put food on my table. But when I came back, it was more like, okay, I'm playing this character. I'm going to juice it up a little bit. Not. Literally juice it up, even though he was juicing, but I'm going to pump up his personality a little bit more for this guy. But I do remember I was watching um, some of the clips on YouTube and there was like a little guy and he was all, I'm going to kick your ass. And I was like... You sure talk at her for a little guy? Like, <laughs> yeah, you sure you sure talk a lot for a little guy. I think the earlier nitro would have been like, oh, "I'm going to take you," uh, you know, you know, yeah. just be. Him. And I was just like, because it was almost humorous. Yeah, you know, exactly. like I have a five pound poodle. We do, Kim and I have a five pound poodle, yeah and that thing uh, argh, barks at you. Oh, and yeah. You're just like, they think they're Rottweilers. Yeah, you're just like, oh, she's cute. Yeah. So I was able to have that levity with it as it went on, and you know, for me, the, the carrot that brought me back to Gladiators was not only the deep love for the show and playing Nitro, uh, but it was also the chance to host the show. Yeah. And in my mind, if Samuel Goldwyn did everything right, That hosting job, I would still be doing it today and you would be beside me. You and I would be the host of American Gladiators right now. It would be in season 40, like American Ninja Warrior. You know, look, at there's great game shows on. If you look at the history of game shows and you look at their longevity, you look at the Wheel of Fortune. Vanna White White's like just signed her seventy seventh yes. year. Yeah, it's insane. You look insane. at Jeopardy. You know they they they've been on so long. Yeah. Alex Trebek passed away while he was the host. Gladiators could have had the same staying power mm-hmm. because it was part game show, part sports. Mm-hmm. You look at football, how long it's been on. Basketball, everything, everything. Sta- and you look yeah. at Ninja Warrior, twenty five seasons. If those guys would have understood that it was a teamwork, that everybody should share in the success, that it's part concept, part stars, the mm-hmm. gladiators, that's the winning combination, then we would still be on today. And that hosting 100%. job, I would still have today. Yep. And I would love, love to have that hosting job today and have you sitting besides me and then have someone like a Mike Adamley there. Absolutely. You know, talking about gladiators. So I absolutely loved hosting and I thought that was gonna be my you know, career. You were next, good at it. Next 10, 15 you years, were, you were oh, very be great good too. at it. You would be great too. Thank you. But you well, would be great be, too. I
1: mean, I could play off you all day long.
0: Yeah. So if they bring them back, you know, maybe we'll be the co-host. Here's
1: the funny thing. I listened to, and I and I hate to bring this up, but yes, I heard an interview with Ferraro and they asked him that question. They go, What's happening? Are you bringing it back? He goes, We're in concept, we're thinking about it. And the question was would you use or bring back any of the original gladiators? It was so fast. He went, No. <laughs> and I was well, like, damn. So,
0: But the good news is Johnny doesn't, doesn't have, complete have John, control Johnny over do, that. Johnny doesn't have any say.
1: Exactly. He doesn't have any yeah. say. He's
0: positioned himself as, you know, he was the person who created the games. He was the person advising on everything. Um, look, I got no... Beef with Johnny? You can go see the ESPN Thirty for Thirty American Gladiators. You come up with your own opinions. I've known him for you know thirty years. Mm-hmm. I- I'm okay with the guy. Right? You know, I'm okay with the guy. You know, he exactly. is who he is. Yeah. And I, you accept someone for who they are. Yes. And I've always got I've always gotten along with him. Um, you know, even though he's positioned himself as you know the master creator, and you s- look, we were both on the set. He Mm -hmm. had nothing to do with the show and and the picking of the names, uh, the the creation of the games. But what he did do is he took a concept with a guy named Dan Carr or from a guy named Dan Carr, and he had the tenacity Mm -hmm. and the grit to stay here in Hollywood for six years, leaving his family and everything behind to try to figure out how to get this movie of american yeah. Gladiators, which originally was made yeah and i can admire that tenacity and grit because if it wasn't for him sitting here pounding the pavement trying we to get meetings american Gladiators wouldn't be yeah. here and so we do owe that to yeah him. we can never take that away from johnny no right no matter know. what you, what you think of him uh, you can never take that away from him no matter how he you know in, a, in his narcissistic way wants to say he created everything he exactly. controls everything he does everything no but um yeah. We, you know, we, like you said, Lori, very well, we would not be here if it wasn't for, uh, you know, exactly for Johnny Ferraro. Okay. Okay. Last well, th- what else that
1: nitro? I'm going to, that's it, Dan. We've, I mean, and the hour's gone. You've got to pick up your kid. We still have to do rapid fire questions, which is only about one, two minutes. Jeff, I oh. hear Jeff over there. He's like going five minutes, 10 minutes. I'm sure he has somebody after us. So come back again. Okay. Thank you. Is that
0: the rapid fire?
1: No, we're going to do the rapid fire in about two seconds. But thank you so much for being on Chilling With Ice. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for doing this with me. We've got to
0: do a part two.
1: And we will do. There's so much
0: we have to do a part two. Don't thank me. Thank, that, thank this guy. Exactly, right here. <laughs> so, I, I, th- I felt the beast coming out a few the times. Beast is looking coming over out. my shoulder, coming out, wanting to make it. A- so
1: there is going to be, we'll do a part two. Thank you so much. And don't go anywhere. We're going to, we're going to do rapid fire right now. Until then, peace out. Thank you so much for listening to Chilling with Ice. And don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, and share wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember to follow us on Patreon and YouTube at Chilling with Ice. And on Instagram and TikTok, you can follow me at laurie.ice.fetrick. I look forward to chilling with you next time here on Chilling with Ice.